You're listening to Creative Paths with Contact, the podcast where we step off the beaten track to explore the ups and downs of being a creative. We're your hosts, Sam Cole and Laura Trova, and throughout this journey, people that inspire us will be letting us into their worlds to share their unique stories and experiences. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Creative Paths. For our ninth episode, we're joined by London-based photographer, Vicky Grout. Grime fans will likely be familiar with Vicky's energetic photos, having shot some of the scene's biggest talents. Her talents have also seen her finesse the fashion industry, with campaigns and lookbooks for the likes of Clark's Originals, Manners Golf, Urban Outfitters, and many more. I wanted to start off with looking at yourself like as a brand and using that as like a starting point for us to track back. So before like your work was widely recognized and people, you know, knew the name Vicky Grout as the photographer. What were your creative aspirations that led you to pick up photography? And like, when did that start? I think the thing that led me to sort of like stop pursuing photography was probably my love of music. And I think from like an early age, I was going to like gigs and shows and stuff. And then when I started raving as well, like I would just always have my camera with me. Even prior to that, I was always, like, a creative child. I always, like, either painted or, like, drew or, like, made things. So I feel like photography was just a very natural thing for me to do. But obviously, at the time, I wasn't even trying to be a photographer. It was more so just, I was just making sort of candid, like, photo diary sort of stuff and putting it on, like, my Flickr, my Tumblr, whatever. It was mostly just for me, really. Literally, so it was cool. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, but yeah, that was sort of it. And then I think when... I sort of got to the stage where I was like, going to raves quite a lot when I was like 17, 18. That was when I think people started to notice my work a little bit more. But in the beginning, it was literally just something for me to sort of like look back on from for sure. that gig or that night or that moment, you know. Just purely memories. So at that point, like, how did you make the decision to like stop it just being like a, a hobby and part of just your, you know, natural like lifestyle and think, cool, I can turn this into a career and like what are the steps that you took to start making that happen? Like what what changes came about with that? Yeah, so I was working part-time when I was in school from like 16 till about 19, I think I was working in retail. I was still sort of like shooting on the side, but obviously any money that I made from working in like in the shop, I would then obviously go spend that on film and like developing film. So I just thought, you know, this is an expensive hobby, but I enjoyed it. And it wasn't until people started commissioning me for stuff or actually approaching me to, to shoot stuff for them, even if I wasn't necessarily being paid, even if it was just my film expenses covered. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, people actually want me to shoot stuff for them. Maybe this can actually be a thing. And then I actually ended up being fired from my job <laughs> when, I was, like, <laughs> yeah, when I was like 19. As it goes, you know, I think I didn't even know at the time, but I've got ADHD mm-hmm. and I just realized that there's just certain jobs that and it's not for people with ADHD like trying to remember like <laughs> shoe sizes trying to remember which customer you're serving like going to the shop room and trying to remember what, what like what you went in there for it's yeah, just you know sure. I was I was I really just couldn't understand why I couldn't do my job mm. <laughs> like, I really was just struggling what, like why is this so hard for me and then when I realized that I had ADHD I was like oh this is why I can't do certain things yeah, or I'm better at other things, you know yeah literally and I think even before I got fired <laughs> before I got fired for my job I was sort of thinking about maybe going like full-time in photography but I wasn't sure if I could even do that and obviously I was still at uni at this point so I was doing graphic design at uni right and yeah I was just sort of scared to make that jump and I think getting fired was the push that I needed Mm. (laughs) to sort of just go straight into it and then yeah and then I've been 
myself since since then really just been pretty good <laughs> nice so i guess with that as well like the, the next kind of step for someone trying to like establish a career and like just get themselves footing in the industry how did you kind of work on your personal style or just like carry on with what you were doing already with like the candid stuff like how did you kind of stretch that out and bring that forward and I don't know, give it that professional finesse to really like step it up for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I feel like my work is constantly progressing, as is everyone's. You know, if you do something for a while, obviously it's going to get better or it's going to change or it's going to, you know, improve in some ways. When I look back at stuff that I was shooting maybe like five, six years ago, I kind of like cringe a bit because I just wouldn't shoot it the same way. Now, even certain things maybe two years ago, I'm like, oh, I would have shot that differently, you know. But, but that's normal and that comes with growth. And I think... Even to this day, I don't even really know what my style is. I think it's usually someone from the outside that will see your work and be like, oh, I can tell that that was shot by this person or whatever. You know, I think sure. it's very difficult to to assess your own work in that way. Sometimes you need like an outsider's perspective. But I think in the beginning, I definitely didn't really have any reference points. I was just going to raves and just shooting. And it wasn't until after that the people were like oh your work reminds me of like Simon Wheatley's work or like you and Spencer's work that were doing this in like the early 2000s and at the time I didn't know who they were and I was mm. like shit we're actually I'm actually basically doing what they were doing basically 10 years on <laughs> from sure. that you know and it wasn't until after that I was like oh it's just a bit mad that we actually kind of ended up doing very similar things and I think it wasn't until after that that I started looking at other people's work as at reference points or m- maybe that was like due to Instagram and being able to just follow incredible photographers and just sort of being able to draw inspiration from a multitude of sources, if that makes sense. So there's not necessarily like one specific place that I can take inspiration from. I feel like everyone's work, like if you're a creative, I feel like your work is always going to be a combination of so many different inspirations, you know? 100%. Without a doubt. I was just thinking like, so I think we're the same age. So I'm thinking about when Instagram really, I'm going to be 24 this year. Okay, cute. Yeah. I'm a year older than you, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, like, so obviously the point where Insta, like, really started taking off, which is probably, obviously it was it was about, I'd say, probably, like, what, 2013, kind of, like, when mm-hmm. people were really going for it. So I guess there's kind of, like, a bit of overlap. Well, obviously, like, there's, there's a gap, but like, overlapping from when, like, you sort of got fired from your job and then started really like just doing the photography thing so obviously the trajectory is kind of the same did you find that Instagram was really pivotal in you being able to like establish your brand and is there anything that you took from it in those like early days that managed to I know give you like a little leap forward that you may not necessarily have if you were to like start now let's say I think Social media is definitely a blessing and a curse, but I definitely think that Instagram did help me with my career, especially in like the early stages, purely because I think prior to social media, the only way you would really see people's work is if you search for it yourself. You weren't just sort of being presented with it or people weren't sort of sharing it in, like, in front of your eyes. You know what I mean? Whereas like, with social media, I feel like it's very easy to share other people's work and to stay updated with people's work as well. So I think for, for creatives, especially, I think it's a really powerful tool. And I think it was probably like like mid twenty fourteen ish times, early yeah. twenty fifteen times, when I think I noticed that my work was sort of like being shared quite a lot on Instagram, and I was getting quite a lot of like love for that as well, which is pretty cool. And also with like the like like the grime raves and like stuff that I was shooting at the time as well. I think that all sort of together definitely 
help my work be more seen for sure sure yeah it feels like everything kind of happened at like a really sweet spot of time where like yeah. it's just all yeah. happening yeah, 2014 correctly. was a crazy year <laughs> I hear that. That's sick. So I guess as well, like in that, that transition period from you, obviously like working in retail and then moving into like full-time photography and also just developing yourself and developing your brand. Were there any obstacles that you found like you had to overcome or any that you were expecting and didn't happen or things that just might have come out of the blue and just completely like thrown you off a little bit that now you can look back and be like, oh, that was, that was quite crazy. So I feel, I feel like even to this day, being a freelancer can be quite hectic <laughs> and also just not very reliable. And, you know, there's there's a lot of times where, you know, you'll spend hours like pitching for a job and putting a whole treatment together, you know, putting time and energy, putting your ideas into it. And then the client goes for a different photographer. You know, that happens so many times. And it's just something that you sort of have to prepare for, I guess, and just prepare for the fact that you're going to be spending a lot of time and energy on certain things and just not have that reciprocated yeah. I feel like that's just that comes with the job sadly a lot of the time and I feel like with each treatment that you do and each idea that you come up with that doesn't get chosen it's practice for the next one for and then sure. you try and make Definitely. the next one better you know yeah 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 Definitely. what's it like going through that the first time though like so if you can remember it like the very first time you had to go through that process and then there was just like nah something someone else has come up yeah, no, that's long. It's very, very long. Like, <laughs> and and even even just learning how to like do treatments and how to how to put proposals together and stuff, it's very time consuming. Mm. And I remember like the first time I had to do a treatment, I was stressed. I was so stressed. <laughs> and then to be fair, even now when I hear the words, like, "Oh, we need a treatment," I'm like, "Oh, but obviously I have to do it." But, but <laughs> Can we just now, skip that <laughs> part, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but obviously now I'm just more prepared for it. You know, yeah. like I know, I, like I know what I need to do for it, essentially. Um, mm. But that's the thing. There's, there's so many things with the job that because because I didn't study photography and everything that I learned, I sort of learned on the job. Yeah, like the first time for everything was super stressful, and then now it's easy. You know, like for example, like the first time I had to shoot in a studio with lighting, like I had no clue what I was doing. I was stressed. You know, I um a friend of mine recommended like a lighting tech for me. So luckily I had an assistant on set that could just do the lighting for me. Great, yeah. But I was still like I remember I had to source the studio myself. Like, I'd never been to the studio before, like I didn't even know any studios. I remember like the first time I had to produce a shoot that was stressful, whereas now I know what higher companies to contact, like I know what studios there are, you know. And yeah, I guess that just comes with experience really. Yeah, it becomes second nature. Mm-hmm. But in in that as well, like obviously you said a lot of it you were learning on the job but at any point did you have like mentors at all that you that you went to like other photographers that really gave you any sound advice that you've kept with you up until now yeah I mean especially in the early days I had a few mentors that weren't even necessarily photographers but that maybe like worked in the industry or maybe had friends that were like quite big photographers that you know that were able to offer some advice that was quite helpful for example like setting your your fees which to this day is still and actually, my like I just—it's horrible, <laughs> you know. And obviously, our people asking me like what they should be setting their yeah. fees at, and I'm always happy to try and give insight and to help with that. But it's—it's it's never as black and white as people think. Mm-hmm. I personally don't really go by like hourly rates. I usually do like a half day or like a full day, and then usage and everything else on top of that. You know, I think a lot of people don't really understand that usage ends up being most of the fee. You know, yeah, yeah. And I think also sometimes like maybe like smaller clients will try and 
bump photographers and they'd be like, oh, you know, we'll pay you for one hour. And it's like, it doesn't really work like that. You know, you need yeah. to just pay me for my actual rate. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Um, I know my worth. Exactly. And obviously, and you know, those rates will, will vary depending on the client, on the job and everything. So, so yeah, I think I definitely had some, had some help with that in the beginning. Also just in terms of whether I needed like a lighting assistant or like what studios to book, you know, I had people that were able to like suggest different things. So that was definitely helpful. With learning stuff like that now, if you were talking to an entry level photographer and they're looking at stuff like rates, especially rates, let's, let's just focus on that rates. What would you suggest that they go through or like conversations for them to have to try and figure out how to, you know, how to have those conversations and how to settle on what, you know, their worth is for a job and whatever, like how, what, what is step one of that? Also, don't quote me on this, but I think, <laughs> I think there's definitely like a site for like freelancers or like creatives that basically will tell you like base rates for different sort of like jobs. And I mm -hmm. think, again, don't quote me, but I think, the minimum sort of like day rate that a photographer should be charging for a full day is 200 pounds. Like you shouldn't mm -hmm. be charging less than that. Obviously if you do like a half day, I tend to set the half day rate as like slightly more than half of the full day. So if your full day is right. 300, yeah. then I'd put the half day at like 175 as opposed to yeah. like 150. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, and that would be like the starting point. Do you know what I mean? And then you'd obviously want to go up from there depending on like how long you were shooting for and things like that but I think that's definitely like absolute minimum you know and there's a lot of people that will still try and get you to shoot for a lot less than that no I completely agree it's like time is the main thing at the end of the day as well like not just the actual work you're putting in 100% obviously like post-production editing if you've got to do all of that but mm -hmm. also the, like the, the problem with setting your your fee too low or even offering to work for free it puts other people out of work and it sets the bar lower so Absolutely. it means that people in the future are going to be paid less so you might think that you're doing a good thing by doing something for cheaper but actually you're ruining it <laughs> yeah. <everyone> else. <laughs> you're ruining it <laughs> yeah no i completely agree i think we see that like across like creative industry as a whole when you know when people are willing to like accept clothes as payment and stuff like that you don't realize a lot of the time in that situation like you are affecting so many other people Mm -hmm. so it does just yeah it messes it up the next area i wanted to look at obviously i think a lot of the creative industry on the outside looking in is a very like obviously male dominated industry so i wondered if there's any obstacles specifically as a female photographer that you faced and you know things that you see still happening now that need to there needs to be a change and things that people to, need to be more aware of Mm -hmm. no definitely obviously like the industry to this day is still quite saturated with white male photographers mm. obviously as as a white woman I know that I've definitely had certain sort of sort of privileges within that but again as a woman I do know that it's still going to be harder for us to break into the industry than than for it is for white men in particular and I do still see the same sort of like older white men shooting a lot of things and it's like just just bringing new people like yeah. it's not it's not hard you know what I mean yeah for sure but I have also been seeing there's like a new sort of wave of like young like creatives of colour like so many like female creatives as well that are having their time as well which is sick and I love to see it so I'm really I'm really glad that's finally happening I agree I think um, 
we're noticing now, but I think even like in the past year when so much has happened in terms of like social awareness of different things that are happening in regards to race, there's been a lot of unfulfilled promises and stuff. So I think now it's really good to see people just sort of take control of that themselves. Yeah. And just definitely. really push, push hard. Okay. This is, this is like a, a bit of a random one. So if someone's to ask you good news or bad news first, which one are you taking? And this is how I'm going to order the question. I'm going to take the bad news first. <laughs> okay. So I want to know about any perceived failures that you've had in your career. And if you want to twist those as a positive, like in retrospect, what you've learned from it, and then that's completely fine as well. I'm going to talk about technical failures because <laughs> that's something that doesn't happen too often, but it's happened a bit recently. Mm-hmm. I think maybe just because I've just been out of practice or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> in the end, but in the end, they both worked out, which is fine. But there was one maybe like last summer where one of my first shoots after the first lockdown, and it was a press shoot for an artist. And um, I was shooting on film. Usually when I shoot on film, I always have like a little digital camera with me anyway to use as a light meter, but also to just use as like a backup sure. should anything happen. So I was shooting on mostly medium format and this particular camera I've used so many times, but I've not used it in a studio with flashlighting before, but I've used a similar model to it and mm-hmm. it was fine. So I was like, oh, it's the same brand. It'll be fine. So Dangerous. I <laughs> so I do this shoot and obviously when I'm testing on the digital and then I'm shooting on the film camera and the lights are flashing like normal I'm like okay it's fine get the photos back every single photo that I took on the film camera in the studio the flash didn't sync with the camera so every single photo was like half and half <laughs> like half black and then half like lit no and I was stressed and I was like oh my gosh like luckily there were some digital ones and there were some that I shot outdoors as well but I was like ah. Oh. I really should have tested it before. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, and then I sent it to the client and the artist actually ended up really liking the half and half ones. Oh. It actually looks quite cool. And there was even a look where she had like a, like a two piece suit and the mm-hmm. suit was like monochrome. It was like half black, half white. So it kind of mirrored the lighting. Sick. So, and then they actually ended up going for the main press shots were all the half and half ones, which was sick. So Happy because I even offered to reshoot it. I even offered to reshoot. I was like, I'll reshoot it free of charge. Like, just the ones that were in the studio, obviously, but I was, yeah, like, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm happy to do that again. Cause that was, you know, obviously that was, even though it was like a technical issue, it was my fault I, that I shouldn't have, you know, I mm. shouldn't have tested it before. And they were like, Oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll see what the artist thinks. And yeah, I didn't even need to reshoot cause she loved them. Which oh, is great. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, happy accident. That was cool. And then there was literally last weekend on a shoot. There were so many little things that just like kept going wrong, but they actually ended up, just working out like I remember I got to the shoot and my little digital camera that I normally use to like test the lighting with wasn't syncing to these lights and I was stressed I was like I've come all this way like I live in South went all the way to like deep east and like my camera wasn't working and then literally my friend that I was shooting he was just like oh like my friend just lent me his camera you can use his camera and I was like oh wow okay so I was using that and then when I was shooting on my film camera my lens wasn't focusing and then I remembered <laughs> that I dropped I dropped my lens no. on my last shoot so that lens was broken. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Then my assistant was like, oh, I've got a lens. I've got a 50 mil. And I was like... So we're just falling just, together. <laughs> it's all just falling into place. So I feel like, I feel like that was just really lucky. But for example, with the last one, I feel like you always need to be prepared for something to go wrong, especially when you're shooting yeah. on film. You yeah. know, I'll never just shoot on just the film camera and hope for the best. Like I always have, if not two film cameras, I'll, I'll always have a digital camera as well as as backup you know to to show the client 
you know anything that I'm I'm shooting at the time as well. So yeah, yeah, it's a sound piece of advice. So I guess the the good news on the flip side is that is proudest achievements in your career so far. Proudest achievements? I don't really know. I just don't really know. I feel like I had an exhibition like years ago now. Years ago, that was like 2016, and I think this could also maybe be linked under like the failures ish because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd been wanting to do another one since then. And even people have been like, oh, you need to do another exhibition, da, 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 and I've just not done one. And I think I didn't want to do one just for the sake of it. Yeah, you know, I wanted to do like a personal project or create a body of work that was worthy of exhibiting. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like mm-hmm, I just fair. hadn't done that. I think just anxiety got in the way, you know, imposter syndrome got in the way. And yeah, it's weird. There's, there's been so many little projects that I've been wanting to do that have just not happened or I did them and they didn't put them out. And obviously, you know, wasted like people's time. And I think that mostly came down to anxiety, <laughs> which isn't <Yeah>. good. <laughs> no, you know, and I think, I think a lot of people struggle with, with the same thing as well. Just being afraid of, of doing certain things. Or like putting certain projects out because of like what people will say or like it won't be received you know the way that you want it to be but you know soon come maybe in the future fingers <laughs> crossed once I got over this <laughs> yeah of course we're waiting for it we're waiting for it <laughs> so yeah I mean now we have these three quick fire questions we ask all of our guests so the first of those is one dream collaboration and why one dream collaboration I would Oh, actually, I was going to say someone, but I'm actually going to say someone else. I would love to work with Normani. <laughs> I would love to work with Normani mm-hmm. just because I love her so much. I'm actually obsessed with her and Scissor. Yeah, I love good Scissor. Shout. I think good shout. I think both of them would just be an absolute dream to shoot. Like they're both so beautiful, both so talented. Like I love them. <laughs> They'd be <Yeah>. sick. <laughs> great, great choice. And also Brie Runway. Free Runway, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know her, but she's so cold. She's so sick. I love that with her. <laughs> love that. We've got a top three. Um, <laughs> so one piece of advice um, that you'd offer either to a young version of yourself or just to like young creatives coming up doesn't necessarily have to be a photographer, but just whoever you want to share something with. Yeah, I think my main piece of advice is... I'm just going to use photography as an example. Mm-hmm. Whatever type of photography you want to be doing or the type of photography that you want to be booked for, just create it in your, in your free time. Just like if, if, you, if you want to shoot festivals, if you want to shoot gigs, go to local gigs and just shoot them. You know, don't wait for people to approach you, you know, because clients want to see that you're able to shoot the things that they want you to shoot. Right. You know, if you don't have a body of work to, to show for it, then they're never going to approach you, you know. And I think a lot of people think, you know, how are they going to do the work if they don't get commissioned for it? But it's like, you can actually just do that yourself. You can do personal projects. You can shoot with your friends. You know, if you want to get into high fashion, do an editorial and make it look high fashion. 100%. You know, if, like, if you want to shoot portraits, shoot your friends, shoot your siblings, shoot your mum, you know, literally just... <laughs> shoot your mum. Any free time. Nice. Oh, no, that's how they get mad. Photograph your mum. But, you know, I think any sort of like free time that you have, just hone your craft. Even if you don't think it's good enough to put out, you don't need to put it out. Just practice. And then only once you think it's actually good enough to show people, then you can start posting it. So I think I think that's the main thing. Really, that's oh, the main bit of advice. Brilliant piece of advice. Yeah, definitely. And the final question is one goal that you set for yourself. And this can literally be for the end of the week or it can be like long, long term. Like that's completely up to you. One short term goal that I've set for myself is I need to get a photography studio. 
I've still not mm-hmm. got one. And I think I've, I was chatting to like other friends that are photographers about getting one together. And I think that just didn't work out. So I think I just need to just, just get on myself. Cause there's been so many, even just like little personal projects or little shoots that, you know, don't have the budget for a studio. And I wish I just had my own space, you know, and um, my flat's not really big enough to do that. So mm-hmm. that's my short term goal for now. That's a good one. Essential. Yeah. <laughs> That was really, really great. That's everything I wanted to ask. And I think you gave some amazing advice that I'm sure people are going to really resonate with. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate your time. Thank you. You can keep up to date with Vicky via her Instagram at Vicky Grout. And you can take a deeper dive into our work archive at VickyGrout.com. At Contact, we're building a platform that helps creative talent get more work makes it easier for those looking for creative talent to find great people to work with. Our current product caters exclusively to models, but over the next year or so, we're expanding out to let anyone who works in the creative industries such as photographers, directors, makeup artists, and more, get booked through contact. You can find and book talent and visit our blog backstage online at contact.xyz. To stay up to date with everything happening at Contact, follow us on Instagram at contact.xyz and contact.models, on TikTok at contact.xyz and Twitter at contact underscore xyz.